It's all the files of the whole park. It tells her everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle one, the package is being delivered. Just as Amazon founder and richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, announced that he was going into space via his private rocket company, and news broke that he pays shockingly little on his income taxes, New York is set to pass a groundbreaking antitrust law that will challenge the labor practices of the tech giant. This legislation, which I'm very proud of, will bring us forward, will give government the tools to go after the dominant players in the market that are squashing small and medium-sized companies, that are suffocating their ability to compete. At the same time, Motherboard reporter Lauren Gurley broke the news of yet more ill-treatment of Amazon workers that will literally blow your mind. With more on that, she's on this week's show to tell me more. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So Lauren, you are very much uh, the elite of the elite on this Amazon beat, and you continue to really break a lot of stories on this, but we're gonna talk about a little bit something that New York State might actually be doing to potentially help workers and affect Amazon's bottom line. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you for having me on again. Um, so there is a bill that was, until the session ended, moving through New York, uh, New, the New York Assembly called the 21st Century Antitrust Act. That is sort of this groundbreaking um, bill that essentially would make it a lot easier for um, individuals and small parties to sue giant corporations who um, are abusing sort of their positions in a market to drive out or stifle um, competition or drive out other businesses. And so this bill passed the, the Senate last week, and then the session ended on Friday, and it didn't get to the Assembly. So it's looking like it will be pushed into the next legislative session, which is next year. But it's it's the first of its kind legislation in the country, and it would only apply, obviously, in, in New York State. Um, but a lot, like all the biggest players, Amazon, obviously all the biggest companies are operating in New York state. So it would have an impact on them. There's definitely interest in having laws like this sort of expand or, you know, be implemented in other states. A lot of other states are interested in this type of stuff, as is the federal government right now. The government is suing, um, Google, as we probably all know. And there's just been a lot of attention on Amazon's sort of accumulation of power throughout all sorts of different industries. I could talk a little bit more about specifically what this looks like. But, uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to say is that this is, um, something that European countries, I also believe Canada and maybe Mexico have laws that are similar to this. And I can sort of explain what that means. But recently in France, Amazon was fined like a millions and millions of dollars because they have these stricter antitrust laws. So they do have an effect. Suffice to say something's actually happening that could, you know, at least start to sort of chip away at, you know, the abuse that some of we've seen, at least across the country by companies like Amazon. I mean, it, was it was it really was this bill targeting Amazon itself? Or was it just targeting sort of these bigger tech companies? Because obviously, you know, Amazon, when it tried to come to New York City, uh, had a tremendous amount of resistance. Uh, it didn't <laughs> right. seem to work out. I remember I even lived near where they were going to be putting the the buildings in, and like it, I think there was even like apartment apartment and developers that were like creating you know spaces for potential Amazon workers and tech bros to really? sort of descend. I didn't know that. Yeah, to descend upon the city in Greenpoint. 
And they didn't. Didn't end up happening. So, like, is this is this bill or this antitrust law actually targeting Amazon in particular? Or is it just sort of, you know, all tech companies writ large? Because obviously, you know, we saw a lot of, you know, resistance to Amazon when it was trying to move to New York City. Is, it, is that kind of an extension of that? I mean, actually, um, now that I think about it, Align New York, which is one of the grassroots groups that was fighting HQ2 coming to Long Island City and Queens, is the same group that is sort of spearheading this bill and helped write the legislation. And so, yeah, it's definitely part of the same effort. You have a bunch of very strong labor unions that are based or that have a strong presence in New York that are backing it. You have uh, a, a number of smaller tech companies, so like Yelp um, and Genius, which is the media company also based in Brooklyn. And yeah, no, I definitely think it's it's directed toward Amazon, right? Like the, the legislation, which I've read, um, definitely names big tech, even though obviously this is all sorts of industries that sort of have what, what they would call abuse of dominance. Um, but but when you look at the sponsors behind it and all the people that are backing it, it's a bunch of unions that, including the the, the union that um, workers recently tried to unionize with in Alabama, RWDSU, that is supporting it. The Teamsters, who are, you know, gearing up to take on Amazon, are supporting it. And, you know, I guess one of the very unique things about this bill that isn't true of any other antitrust legislation in this country is that it specifically talks about um, abuses towards workers, uh, to abuses to like labor as a reason or an example of the types of abuse of dominance that companies can use to, um, that would qualify as anti-competitive behavior. Like right now that isn't explicitly spelled out in, uh, state or federal, uh, legislation. And so basically what, what would be, what, what the idea is, is that, um, you know, a lot of companies like Amazon or, you know, even their temp contractor agencies will basically keep workers stuck in their jobs by t- including um, non-compete clauses or no poach clauses that say, uh, if you leave us, you can't go and work anywhere else for six months. And what that does is it, it you know, if you're a low wage worker and you have one of these clauses in your contract, like you're not going to quit your job at Amazon and just go unemployed for six months. So it's basically this way that companies sort of abuse their power to keep workers locked in their jobs. And under in this instance with this bill like that, that would be illegal. It's so crazy that that even exists in sort of a, you know, like a factory job like that. Because it's always been my assumption, at least, you know, my cursory knowledge of economics, that you don't want workers like that to be, you know, tied to one specific job. You want them to be mobile and go to different places wherever the labor, you know, comes up and jobs are available. But that just seemed like it was it was just predatory. Like it it, it just preyed upon workers right. like the fact that that's being blocked, I, I feel like will help, you know, help a lot of different types of workers in, in this state. Right. Yeah. Not not just Amazon warehouse workers, probably white collar workers as well. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, uh, you know, this this could have a this is uh, definitely something that has excited a lot of the movement that has sort of popped up in recent years and coalesced around um, tackling, you know, Amazon and how much power it has gained. So, yeah, we'll see. Obviously not going to happen this year. but And these these types of laws have actually passed in places in Europe, uh, like you mentioned. So how, how did it work in those places? 
So they have something in Europe called an abuse of dominance standard, which is, if I understand it correctly, a standard, a legal standard that is much lower for um, proving that or being able to say that a company is engaging in anti-competitive behavior. And and so basically, um, this abuse of dominance standard is basically you can it doesn't, it doesn't, ha- you don't have to go and like in the United States, you have to go and prove that like two thirds of a, a, a company is dominating two thirds of a industry or market or something like that, like 66%. Like it doesn't have those same like thresholds that are specific. It's like the, if a company's big and these sorts of things are going on that, that hurt other companies or other suppliers or their own workforce or not just their own workforce, but like, other workforces that are, are other companies, lab- workers that are competing with Amazon, because obviously, like, Amazon drives down labor standards throughout an industry by setting the wages, by setting the working conditions, by setting the standard benefits. So it has a more broad definition of what these types of behaviors look like, instead of just like having market share, um, which is what the U.S currently does as as the standard. So this this definitely makes it a lot easier for um uh companies to to sue smaller companies and even unions or individuals to sue. Um the other thing like in the United States current New York New York state currently the state isn't allowed to sue an individual business for like antitrust um violations. They have to sue uh, a a group of of businesses that are sort of conspiring together to uh, dominate an industry. So this new law would allow one individual to sue another individual. So lots of new opportunities. And if you look at sort of where Amazon has been sued in in, in, in the EU, um, like obviously this is a lot more effective than what's going on now. And, you know, I, 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 we have to dedicate some time to just some of the stories that you've that you've uncovered recently that are just like, wow, Amazon constantly pushing the bar on trying to tr- dehumanize and treat their workers like complete slaves. Uh, and also this came this came in the same week that Jeff Bezos, well, it was revealed by ProPublica, pays very little in a uh, very little tax on his on his uh, vast fortune, uh, not unlike uh, or unlike the rest of us. So, you know, one of the stories that really got to me was that Obviously, Amazon's gotten into the furniture building game and they've, like everything else, timed it for their workers. And there's some pretty insane examples of what they expect of people. Because also, if anyone who's ever, any of my former roommates who've ever seen me put together Ikea furniture, they would know (laughs) just how much I just lose my shit and end up breaking it and swearing um, (laughs) and cursing a lot. Uh, (laughs) I... That was going on at my yeah, apartment I, this I think I still have a box like side table I'm supposed to put together at some point, but uh, we'll see if that ever happens. Um, yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, like you said, they are um, slowly rolling out a, a new program called Amazon Premium Delivery Service, where not only can you have your whatever coffee table or bed or bed frame shipped to you same day or next day or whatever, next day or two day um, with with Amazon Prime, another perk is that you can pay a little bit extra to have two delivery drivers come in and 
take it to your room of choice. So even if you live in a mansion and it's like, you know, up three flights of stairs in this very back room, they take it all the way there and then they assemble it. And part of the complaint here is that none of these drivers are trained to assemble furniture, right? So they've received like a seven minute video, the drivers I spoke to who are in Virginia, that really has no one. It's like narrated by this, in this very dystopian way by this group of robots, these robots. Today we will be delivering a sofa and an ottoman to a customer's home. The delivery type is premium delivery. Their videos are just <laughs> psycho. Yeah. They're always just like, what are you, it's like they're trying to be super nice, but it just comes out like completely big brother. Right. Yeah. It looks, it looks like it was like a high schooler's like project or something. It's very creepy. Yeah. Like what's the aesthetic? <laughs> like the aesthetic is like, like, it's like if you taught a like a sociopathic <laughs> robot that's used to murdering people to draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's the that's the artistic style of this fucking. And the funny cartoon. thing here is they the workers. I mean, it's not funny. The workers, you know, have for years claimed that they're treated like robots in Amazon, and even Jeff Bezos has said, "No, we don't treat our workers like robots." And then they go and distribute oh, a video that's just... you know narrated by actual robots, and so it's like, okay, I think the workers are you know, onto something here about how they're treated. But yeah, so there's that. And then there was no training. And then on top of that, they get these schedules that, you know, Amazon is obsessed with optimizing everything, right? Down to like in the warehouse, like people are tracked on their productivity and rates constantly go up. And so in this instance, what's going on is workers are having down to the last second, the amount of time calculated out by Amazon that it should take for them to deliver a package to the room of choice, assemble it. If the if the customer doesn't like it, they have to, you know, pack it all back up and haul it away and then take out all the garbage. And so like we got some examples of that. One was like 11 minutes and 15 seconds to assemble a 59-part ottoman. <laughs> And the worker said it took 35 minutes, which is pretty impressive uh, still. I, I couldn't do that in a day. <laughs> like I bought a shower, a shower thing, like, a, you know, to like hang stuff. I busted it. I, and I like <laughs> threw it on the ground. I was like, uh-huh. I don't know why I even bought this thing. <laughs> but like I, these, these poor workers being forced into these like inhumane yeah. time frames. Right. Yeah. I mean, even in some cases it was like a king size Casper uh, mattress that they gave them like three minutes and 40 seconds to do even though it's just a mattress you're not assembling anything like it's, it's just unreasonable um and so yeah i think the big picture here is again amazon's obsession with productivity um and you know moving into new markets expanding i mean they're doing this to compete with wayfair specifically and home depot which sort of provides similar services but just to sort of get their grasp onto every part of the uh, all these new parts of the marketplace while stretching their workers very thin. And, and in this case, I also want to mention that the, the delivery drivers aren't even their employees. They are subcontractors. So they are basically taking these instructions from Amazon. But, you know, if they accidentally damaged, they were going up some stairs and damaged, you know, a, a sofa or the customer accused them of that, like they're not, they don't have Amazon to back them up in the end. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I, I've just, I've honestly never seen a company more excited and just completely counting down the days that they can just completely replace their workforce with robots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's very obvious. I mean, the, it's a very dystopian thing that like, and I think, I, I think I would almost hazard people that aren't interested in the Amazon 
labor struggles that have been happening in this country for the last, or they've been having for a while, but in terms of their exposure and some of the flashpoints in the last little while, to keep an eye on this because I think this whole thing kind of speaks to the increasing roboticization of the American worker and how it's just pushing further and further to the point where, you know, they're being, their, their tasks are being automated to the, right down to the minute and second. Like, that's just like, I, I don't know how right. we can, how you can live that way. I mean, it's, it's almost like some like some peak Stalinist stuff, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like 1932, like five year plan Stalin. You know? Right. Like, that plus like Robert Barron. Yes. Like that. Century. That mix. Yeah. Actually, today they released this plan on their blog about all these technologies that they're developing and robots that they're developing to actually improve, uh, you know, worker safety and stuff like this. And I think there's one robot called Ernie and another one called Bird. They love to make it very cute, and there's all these videos. Um, but, you know, the real problem here isn't... Um, I mean, the real problem with safety here is the rate. It's how fast they're pushing people to work and re- repeat the same uh, motions over and over and over again throughout, you know, thousands of times lifting something over the course of a 10-hour shift. Of course, like, that, that's going to cause some serious injuries over over the years. Um, so, so yeah, I think they're coming at it from the angle of like, oh, we're going to develop more technology. Oh, we're going to start focusing on the health and wellness of our of our workforce. They recently also did that by the uh, launching this program called Amazon, like Z-E-N. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, and, what is uh, that? Like, that's so like... Edward, uh, my colleague, our colleague wrote a story about that and these meditation booths that Amazon is now putting in its warehouses. But that's, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Not not really the, the solution that people are looking for. No, I don't think so. I think maybe it would just come down to them allowing their workers to take breaks and not policing their productivity to the point where they're just essentially digits and, you know automated timeframes. It's crazy. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming back on the show and, and freaking me out again. Um, and <laughs> you, you will be on again to talk about Amazon because this is just like the song that will never end. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I uh, appreciate it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lorenzo, hello. How was your how was your morning? How was your afternoon? How was your day? Hi Ben. Uh, you know it's pretty busy with the cyber as usual. As you know, this um, this world never stops. Yes, I agree. I have the Nazis are pissed off at me today, but I guess they're always mad at me for something. 
Yeah, I feel like that's your purpose in life, right? Uh, at least lately. At least for the little last little while. Um, so this is Cypher, the part of Cyber where we decipher the week's biggest tech stories. And of course, as many listeners know, I'm joined by the replaceable Lorenzo Franceschi Bichirai. Lorenzo, you ready to do this? I'm ready. Always ready, Ben. So this first one is, well, Ed, Ed Anguesa, who's on the show quite often to talk, he's been doing incredible work for Motherboard on the gig economy and everything to do with labor and the cyber and the world of Silicon Valley. And he's compiled an amazing, you know, in the, in the vein of the Vice Guide, which is, you know, famous around the world. We have many guides. We have the Motherboard Guide to the Gig Economy. Yeah, this is great work because I feel like especially the labor world and, you know, what everyone refers to as the gig economy uses a lot of buzzwords, a lot of technical terms, a lot of lingo that sometimes readers just don't really understand. And that is by design, as Edward argues in this piece, you know, companies like Uber, Amazon, they have, you know, in some cases invented terms to essentially, you know, these are essentially euphemisms to, you know, you you might say gaslight uh, readers and uh, workers. So Edward, for example, uh, defines, you know, basic stuff like venture capitalist algorithm. And this is stuff that may be misunderstood, but also uh, more in the, weed, in the weeds terms like regulatory arbitrage or EBIDTA, which stands for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciations, and amortization. So, you know, for me, who, are, who is somebody that doesn't follow this beat regularly, this is just a great resource that I can refer to anytime. Yeah, I had no idea what a deadhead was. No idea. And it's apparently, it's the unpaid portion of gig work that comes after dropping off a person or item. Yeah, like I, I had no idea. Like, obviously I understand the concept, but I didn't know this was sort of some of the lingo. So if you're if you're interested in understanding what gig economy what it is, you should definitely give this a, a read. Obviously, this is going to be a major factor in the next. I mean, honestly, I think Biden is going to have to confront the gig economy in a way that even other presidents haven't had to, because clearly this is, you know, really only increasing. So great one from Ed. Next one we got is, well, this is a, this is a Lorenzo special because Lorenzo, you, you, this is your kind of story, my friend. So the headline, a contractor exposed the movements of people wearing ankle GPS bracelets. Now, you've reported on many security breaches of information. Why did this one catch your eye? Yeah, so as you said, we, you know, we cover data breaches nearly every day, Joseph, me, or other people on Motherboard. So like at first sight, this does not really seem like a terrible data breach in terms of numbers. We're not sure how many people were included in this uh, data breach or leak, but we're talking about hundreds, perhaps a few thousand. And, you know, sometimes we cover stuff that it's hundreds of millions of people. But what made this story interesting is that these are not just regular people. These are people that accused of a crime and, you know, keyword here is accused. They have not been in um potentially not even indicted nor convicted. And they are in a database because the city of Chicago or the Chicago courts have uh, ordered them to wear a GPS bracelet so that the authorities can keep an eye on them. 
And, you know, this is already a very stressful and taxing thing to go through. And on top of that, the contractor for the Cook County Sheriff's Office, which is a law enforcement agency that covers Chicago, left their data completely exposed online. And by when I say completely exposed, it's like if you had the URL, if you had a link and you could search for it, you could just get all this data. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, we also don't ever think of like data breaches being somebody who's, you know, going through the, you know, the the prison system or the the law uh, in this way. So I think it's important to note that stuff that obviously, you know, the way the government can leak your data is just, you know, I mean, it, there really is no, there's no end to the possibilities, is there, Lorenzo? Yeah, there's no end. And, and you know, this is, again, really sensitive data. And you would think that they would they would take better care of it. You know, some of this data was very specific, you know, full names, email addresses, phone numbers, home addresses, even in some cases, even the specific movements, because this is uh, this was data collected by a contractor that is also paid not only to store the data, but also to, you know, keep an eye on these people. So if some if a, if a person on gps who has on has this gps bracelet uh, leaves their house moves outside of some sort of you know geofence then this company gets a, gets a ping gets an alert and then they may alert the authorities so it's incredibly private data and it was just left there yep for you to also report on though so lorenzo you know you're pretty good at this. Yeah, I guess that's the bright side, right? Uh, yeah, although I did say you're replaceable, but uh, we'll see. You're you're continuing to prove yourself. So Thanks, keep man. it up, buddy. Um, <laughs> this one is, well, I think, you know what? Let's just give a little applause because Sam Lee Cole, who is one of our great reporters at Motherboard, who's been covering everything to do with porn and, and the internet, essentially, has been really on this story about Girls do porn, uh, and 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 the owners of it, and basically all of the really you know awful things that this company was was involved in, and some of the things it did to some of the the, the women that it you know bullied and and forced into doing some of these these per these these videos, and one of them today or yesterday was sentenced. Ruben Andre Garcia to twenty years in jail. So I guess it's a bit of a you know. That's the yeah, bad guy's lost. Yeah, good to least. save this story for last because this is good news, which is not something we usually um, discuss on this podcast. And yeah, no. as you said, uh, one of the people involved in uh, Girls Do Porn was sentenced to 20 years in prison after, the, after he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit sex trafficking and sex trafficking by force, fraud and coercion. Uh, his name is Ruben Andre Garcia. He was a performer and producer on some of these videos. Um, it's important to note that uh, unlike the women that were victimized in this whole uh, story, his face never appeared in videos. Um, and uh, yeah, as you said, Sam has been on this story for years, uh, giving it the, you know, the attention that it deserves because we're talking about several women who... Uh, not only had their you know faces and bodies exposed online without their consent, but also received all sorts of harassment um, and had to go through a lot of trauma because of this. Yeah, and Sam published a really incredible feature on all this, I believe last year, that really spelled out 
some of the the things that the women who were involved with this faced after it and it's really gripping and 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 horrible but you know it was a great piece of reporting and you know sometimes the bad guys do lose so good one to end on lorenzo thank you for coming back to the cipher and being involved in the show i mean i'm forced to have you around but it's okay uh I'll, i'll catch you later i guess yeah if you don't replace me for next week i guess i'll see you next week Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.